Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Special playoff edition of Hit and Run with your favorite multi-level baseball person, Matt Spiegel. On Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score and on the Marquee Sports Network, here's Matt Spiegel. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome in to one final Hit and Run here on 670 The Score and on the Marquee Sports Network. If you're watching on Marquee, you just saw me walk away from the microphone to get the remote control so I could put on Marquee on the television here in the SCORE studios as we are all hanging out together with a chance to kind of process what went down this baseball season, specifically this final month, but really overall the baseball season and try to contextualize what has been a, a positive year. If, if we're just looking at net negative and net positive for this Cubs season, we're going to end up saying it was a positive. At least I will. And I think history will do so as well as long as there is continued improvement moving forward. We'll have time to talk about all of it. We'll be taking your phone calls at 312-644-6767. That's how you get to us on the score listener line. And we'll be talking about the Cubs and talking about the White Sox if you want. Callers, let's do that. And we'll talk to a couple of guests along the way as well. Jim Deshays is going to join us. And love talking to Jim. He's got a very thoughtful, honest eye with which he looks at the Cubs and Major League Baseball. Bruce Levine from our team here at The Score and from over at Marquee is going to join us as well in the 7 o'clock hour. And we'll talk about some stuff with him. Looking forward to that. And along the way, your phone calls and your texts, as I mentioned, as always, not merely welcome, but very elemental to the completion of the broadcast. Sean Sears is here. He's been here all year long, had a great year doing hit and run. And Leo Stoddaher is in with us uh, tonight. First of all, let me say what a lot of people are saying out there, which is that the removal of hit and run from Sunday mornings on the score uh, to be replaced with Chicago Bears pregame, that's why the Cubs collapsed. Let's get that out front. Let's get that out there now. That interrupting a fascinating baseball season for football is clearly, all right, not really, not really. But I love that thought that is apparently out there in some very, very small circles of, uh, of the internet. I got to be honest, okay? 
Um, I, this weekend, have been a little depressed at the end of baseball season. Genuinely find myself depressed, okay? I don't know about you, but the first thing I do when I grab my phone in the morning, the first thing I do is I go to my fantasy baseball sites, my fantasy baseball apps, and set my lineup for the day. Maybe I can get in early on a probable pitcher to have in there. And then I go to the MLB at bat app, and I'll dissect any scores or any games I might have missed, process a news story if a game ended late. Just kind of look at what the big news stories are around MLB. It's the first thing I do for six months of a baseball season. It is a companion sport like no other. It is a part of the daily rhythms of our life in spring and summer, and if we're lucky, into the fall. And I get a little depressed when it's done. Frankly, it's the truth. Now, here's the other thing. I thought, like a lot of you, that the Cubs were going to the playoffs and we were going to have some postseason baseball. There are playoff odds that you can look at, and we all, we all know we've heard those numbers. They were, what, 92% on the 6th of September, something like that. I think I have that right. Doesn't matter. You know what it felt like if you were paying attention, and you saw it all fall apart. Final 22 games of the year, the Cubs went 7-15. and 15. Lost 15 of their last 22. It was 14 of their last 21 when they were officially eliminated on Friday night. And I, I don't know at what point you stopped believing, um, even though Journey told us to not stop believing. We don't, we don't listen to Journey all the time. Sometimes we do stop believing. For me, it was Thursday night. The Thursday night game in Atlanta when the defense fell apart behind Marcus Stroman and then Dansby Swanson with a double play against A.J. Minter. I felt like, all right, there's a crystallization of, of, of an opportunity right there. Seiya and Dansby, two righties against the lefty reliever Minter on Thursday night, down three runs. And Seiya singled to the opposite field, made it 5-3, and then Dansby with a double play. And any dreams of a three-run bomb for the Atlanta homecoming to put the Cubs back over the top were dashed. And that was the moment for me. Maybe it happened for you a lot sooner. And overall, the questions have been coming fast and furious about why this happened, why this took place. And I know my answer, but I certainly want to know yours at 312-644-6767. Phone lines are open and let's talk about it. Why did this happen? Why did they go 7-15 and 15 in their last 22? What, what needs to change based on what you saw? How will the offseason be approached? I mean, game on. Let's discuss and dissect. Been a lot of bears on this station today, and understandably so. But we are granted the opportunity to talk some baseball, and let's make the most of it right now. Um, I want to deal with David Ross and what will happen first, okay? Because I'm, I know a lot of you will have David Ross thoughts, and I welcome them, and let's discuss and I'm game to discuss, that's for sure. But know this much. He's staying. He's staying. Jed believes in him. The players believe in him. And in, in, in a rarity, the owner, Tom Ricketts, made his way to Milwaukee, was available talking to players, hanging out with players, pregame on Sunday, final day of the year. 
and was available to the media as well. And Tom Ricketts addressed the situation with David Ross and the season that was and the future. I think I think I think Rossi had a great season, and uh, the players play hard for him, and and uh, he's our guy. So I, I like him a lot. I mean, I think he's he's um, he had a good year. I mean, once again, going back to what you're proud of, like when the team got down way below 500, and it looked like the season was over, he didn't let it go. You know, he, he he got the guys back and playing hard, and and we got to we got to here, you know. And so he was a big part of that. So I think he's 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 a great manager. That's that's an owner who's invested, who watches the games, goes to the games, thinks about it, likes being involved, likes being in the know, but lets Jed Hoyer do his work, lets lets Jed do his business, but has a pretty good gauge on on who the people that he has hired are and what they are as as people and performers. And he's a believer in David Ross. David Ross is not going anywhere. To David Ross's credit, he knows that everybody needs to look inward and figure out why this thing went bad, why it happened like this. And Ross spoke to everyone, including him, doing that this offseason. Uh, like I said yesterday, I think looking a little bit inward and what can we do to improve, where do we need to improve uh, individually, um, myself, players, uh, the staff, where can we get better and grow, um, taking that into the offseason and understanding um, the hope is to be playing for another month and, and how do we get to, to that area in our game, uh, whatever that is. Everybody, each individual has the areas to grow, just looking inward and continue to um, you know, develop as major league players. So here's the thing. I know for a fact that David Ross does look at situations in baseball in this self-critical, analytical way. He did as a player. Um, and, and I know that he looks at everybody and he has the ability to sublimate his own ego and have the conversation for the good of the organization and figure out what to change. And frankly, some things need to change. And I'm sure that Jed will have some advice and some thoughts on that. And David will listen. And I'm sure they'll do some, obviously, the exit interviews that have been done and will be done with players. They'll get some feedback and I hope that David will listen because there's room for everybody to get better, especially in this game, man. Baseball, woo! you better keep learning, keep evolving, and, and keep trying to better yourself in every possible way. And David needs to do that, and I think he will. Um, and and I'm, I'll be fascinated to see what changes philosophically and strategically for next season under David Ross because I think some things will. For instance, Jed Hoyer is not as much a believer in bunting as David Ross is. We know this for a fact. Great conversation the other day with Jed on Parkinson Spiegel here on The Score where he talked about it. In the end, David's the manager, right? I mean, David does what he, what, what he wants, but could the front office lean on him a little bit more and say, can we, can we think about doing that a little bit less? Uh, yeah, th- those conversations will happen. Um, it, in, in terms of lineup construction, where to put certain people. Those conversations will be ongoing. Analytics department will weigh in, and David will have his thoughts. I'll be interested to see what happens there. Will there be more movements for, say, Ian Happ against a lefty or a righty? You know, there were a lot of times this year where I thought that Ian Happ against a left-handed pitcher should be hitting like sixth. That, that always made a lot more sense to me. And it's nice to be able to voice that, and we did to David Ross along the way, and he had lots of thoughts as to why – it was happening the way it was. Or Cody Bellinger fourth. Should Cody Bellinger be back? And we'll talk about all of that. And, and, and so there's all kinds of things. And then bullpen choices, obviously. And, and there's, there's a million different things. But here's what I know 
And I believe that that they believe about David Ross. He's a tremendous atmosphere provider, like phenomenal atmosphere provider. Really communicates well with the front office above, with the players below, with the other coaches. In terms of helping to achieve the strategic vision of the organization, he's really, really good at that. And that is a big, big part of this job. Now, things happened down the stretch that maybe a manager should be able to stop. A slide, uh, a decay in some focus, uh, an increase in tightness. I think we did see some of that stuff, but it really wasn't until the very, very end that we saw it, but we did see it. It is the manager's job to stop those things if you see it building. And he knows that and admitted it along the way. It's a hard game, man. It's a hard sport. A couple more things I want to play for you in regards to all this stuff before we get to your phone calls. Jim Deshaies is going to join us at 645 or so. It's hit and run on 670 The Score and on the Marquee Sports Network. Um, Kyle Hendricks was not afraid to give voice to this possibility that the Cubs got tired, that there was some exhaustion that set in. Because, face it, they've been playing meaningful baseball, obviously since the beginning of the year. But certainly since, what, June, when they were 10 games under 500, and they knew they had to put the full-court press on, and then there was like a month of trying to convince Jed to buy and not sell. Every time Jed was in the clubhouse, Dansby Swanson and others saying, hey, man, come on, believe in us, believe in us. All the pressure they put on, the big-time playoff-type atmosphere of those late July games when they were doing their best to win eight in a row and convince the front office to do what they did. Did they get a little tired in September mentally? Here's Kyle Hendricks. I think obviously we kind of ran out of some steam, it seemed like, here at the end. So it's just mentally having that preparation, knowing we're going all the way to the end of October, you know, into November if needed. Um, it's such a mental grind through the whole year that that's where it really affects you more. So, yeah, I think we learned a lot of what it means being in this many meaningful ball games, how much of a toll it takes on you throughout the course of the year. So, yeah, just putting our best foot forward from the jump. I think being closer as a group, just the relationships we've built will help a lot, lean on everybody even more. Um, but, yeah, we, we definitely know the growing and the things we got to do to get better. We're, we're excited to address those things and see what we can do next year. Man, that is a gift to have a guy that confident, that calm, that communicative, and that, that much of a truth teller. Kyle is a made guy. Kyle can tell as much truth as he feels like it. And I thought that was a great answer. And I think you can officially uh, assign that to this team, if you weren't, that they got mentally tired. And you can call them soft if you want, but this game is hard. So why did all this happen? Why did all this happen? Was it the manager? I don't really think so. Was it them being mentally tired? That's a big, big part of it. But the single biggest reason that this happened, in my mind is the decay of the bullpen. Ending up with a bullpen in disarray for the entire month of September is the principal reason why this happened. And I'll explain what I mean, and you'll hear from my favorite analyst about the Cubs all season long in our next segment when we talk about this, explaining what a bullpen in disarray can do to not just a manager, but to a team. Callers are on hold. We will get to you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here on The Score and on the Marquee Sports Network. I'm Matt Spiegel. This is one special 
contextualizing episode of Hit and Run. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. year we had uh, you know Gibbons and we've had all these different guys we've we've, we've 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 candidly done a really good job of finding relievers that could come in and throw high leverage innings at a relatively low cost on, on one-year deals and um, you know we've been building bullpens that way for a while and um, you know this year that hasn't worked yet and, and, and that's on me and I think that's put Rossi in a tough spot we've you know that hasn't lined up the way we, we kind of expected it to and uh, you know, we'll get there. I think we have a lot of power arms in the minors and we'll, in, the, in, the, in the organization, and, and we're going to get there. But um, you know, that area that I think we had a lot of success for a while it hasn't been an area of success this year. And I think that's that's been hard on Rossi, and, and that's on my that's on that's on me. That is Jed Hoyer, president of baseball operations for the Chicago Cubs, on the twenty third of April, uh, back when the Cubs were twelve and nine. And the bullpen had been struggling quite a bit. I think it's right around it's right around when Keegan Thompson got sent down. I think it's when, when Keegan kind of blew up a little bit in a save situation and many different people had tried to do that job. And Jed Hoyer took responsibility on um, providing David Ross with a bullpen that, that wasn't effective in terms of Boxberger started out hurt, Brad Boxberger, Michael Fulmer, Got was bad early and then eventually got hurt before being really good for a long stretch there in the middle. Julian Merriweather had not yet really acquitted himself. They hadn't figured out what they figured out with Mark Leiter Jr. Here's the, the, the bottom line. The bullpen righted itself in the middle of the year, principally because Adbert Ozzelay claimed the ninth. All of a sudden they had a closer, and it was able to make sense from the back of the game backwards. And then on September 1st is when Adbert blew a save against the Reds, lost a game against the Reds, didn't pitch for a week, pitched twice against Arizona on the 8th and the 9th of September. Uh, But then after that, went on the injured list um, and was on the injured list till the 29th of September. And all of a sudden, the bullpen was a mix of like, 
uh, you know, starters who were trying to do their job as conversions, kids who didn't quite yet believe in themselves, uh, incredibly fatigued veterans who had pitched the most in their lives, like Merriweather and Leiter, and then a bunch of guys who were hurt and weren't even there. And it can break a manager. It can really affect a team. Before we get to the phone lines, and we will here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score and on Marquee, this is Cliff Floyd the other day on the show talking about what a bullpen in disarray can do to a team. What can a broken bullpen do to the mindset of, of a team and a manager? Like, how early in the game do you start? Can it start creeping into your head like, oh, boy, oh, boy, that bullpen's broken? Oh, you 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 think, I mean, if you – if I go back into all the games while I was on the bench and I sat close to the manager, I just want to pay attention to detail, kind of see how he, you know, how, how he sort of went through a game plan. Man, you, you, you see managers when we had a closer down or we had a middle reliever down, they're looking at the lineup card in the first inning, second inning. What The starter hadn't even given up a run yet. That's how much it weighs on you as far as just what I think. My opinion of it is, when you have situations like this, and look, Rossi has had to manage this year, and I and look, I give him a really good grade on what he's been able to overcome this year. This is really the the first time in his career, in my opinion, that he's had a chance to like navigate through, you know, a pretty good roster. And I thought he did a damn good job of it this year. You know, some mishaps early, in my opinion, and like probably a lot of other Chicagoans, where we felt like you know maybe you didn't you didn't pull the trigger here or there, but you can look across the league and see and see mistakes all across the board. I just feel like this team, when you don't have guys that you can count on to get those precious three outs at the end of a ball game, how it literally derails you. And that's what we're really seeing. I mean, you're, 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 I won't say hoping because you have to believe whoever you put in there can get the outs, but damn it. When that phone rings and you're uncomfortable with going in a certain situation that you haven't been in, it, 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 it tears you down as a player. And I, I know they're going through it down there. I just have been on, on teams where you're trying your best to just say, hey, hey, look, hopefully you can get the ball and the ball's coming off the fingertips with some confidence and he can get through, you know, a tough inning, you know, or, or, or whatever the case may be. That's just not going to happen against a Braves team. It's just not. I mean, every time we scored a run, they scored a run. It was just like they're not going to let you win this thing easily. And that, that can take you out as well. But direct answer to your question it can literally beat you down early in the game and and you just hoping that you whoever you you call on you know has that um that mindset of i'm gonna be the hero not the goat see i I believe that that's cliff floyd to me that's great stuff it can break you down even early in a game remember that game where david ross pinch hit mike talkman who singled in the fourth inning and then pinch ran pete crow armstrong for him and then PCA later came up and it, it, to the plate and didn't want to hit him. So they pinch hit Patrick Wisdom for PCA. And then all of a sudden you end up in center field in the ninth inning without Pete Crow Armstrong in the game. And that's the game where Seiya Suzuki uh, dropped the ball in right field. And it's my opinion, frankly, that PCA calls Seiya off that ball. And that Saya lets him do that because PCA had already established his range with Ian Happ through some mishaps uh, earlier in, in, in September, right? So, I mean, like little things, one thing can add up to another and to another. And chasing a run in the fourth inning because you're worried about your bullpen in the seventh, eighth, and ninth, 
can really come back to bite you. All right, enough of my thoughts. For God's sakes, let the callers speak, Spiegel. Like, why don't you go to Keith in Des Moines, for instance, and we talk Cubs demise in September on 670 The Score and on Marquee. What's up, Keith? Matt, great show. First of all, can't disagree with anything that's been said so far. I mean, the the bullpen was was running on fumes beginning of September. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 big question now ahead of the Cubs is what do you do about Cody Bellinger? I mean, I would love to have him back next year. Love that bat. Love the attitude in the clubhouse. But if you could save that salary that that Scott Boris is going to ask for him and get three more power arms for that bullpen. I mean, guys that come in and just throw absolute gas. I mean, wouldn't you have rather had that down the stretch than, than maybe Cody's, you know, one or two uh, dingers that he hit over it, September? Oh, boy, it shouldn't be a binary choice like that. And thanks for the call, Keith. There's a lot going on there. They're going to need to spend some money on bullpen veterans, which is frankly antithetical to success for a lot of front offices around baseball. It's not a very common strategic mindset. Usually what the Cubs have done and what many other teams have done, grab bargain veterans who you think you can fix or tweak with your vaunted pitch lab and turn them into Mark Leiter Jr. and Julian Merriweather. And so maybe there'll be some of that, but there'll also be some aggressive conversions of young pitchers in the system to bullpen pieces because those guys are cheap and you should cycle through them quickly and give yourself a chance. Um, And some of that will be dominoes that fall based on starting pitcher options that get picked up. If both Stroman and Hendricks are here, then there's not going to be a spot for somebody like Ben Brown. Is Ben Brown a straight bullpen piece next year, even though his long-term future might be as a starter? Things like that. So I think you'll see a very aggressive mindset in the bullpen, some spending, but some in converting the kids. In regards to Bellinger, um, I'm worried about his September. I'm worried for a couple of reasons. And I know there's another caller who wanted to uh, to talk about Bellinger. But I'll go ahead and address it uh, here. Actually, Wes in Memphis. Let's, uh, let's, let's get Wes in here on the conversation. Wes, what were your thoughts on Cody Bellinger towards the end of the year? Thanks for calling. Yeah, it's less uh, L-E-S. But, uh, yeah, uh, Bellinger, for whatever reason, tiredness or otherwise, uh, whereas he had been a sure thing, I'd say to my wife, now watch, he'll do something. Two runners on, he's going to drive in one, two, or whatever. And uh, that stopped. Okay, what did that do? Instead of winning 7-2, to two, we were in a 4-2 to two game. What did that mean? We needed bullpen. What happened? They were getting hurt and so forth. And uh, so that was costly. And then, the, as you said, the domino effect, it went from the hitting to that relief pitching, and then here we are, not in great shape. We're having to win, you know, a fair number of games, maybe go 500, win perfectly fine, mm. but we knew we had to win, and now I think the uh, attention cracked the defense, and we had really good defensive players making really bad plays. Yeah, it, it, that started to happen, and that was the saddest part for me, frankly, because I loved the way that the club was designed and the – the achievement of the vision of, of pitching to weak contact and playing great defense, turning ground balls into outs. And they really did that for the most part. But um, thanks for the call, Les. Um, I, so here's the thing about Bellinger. All year long, a very active conversation in baseball circles in and around the Cubs and really around the league was, 
wow, is Cody Bellinger back? Is he back? You know what's weird? His baseball savant page is weird. Because what was weird at the top of the baseball savant page is that the batted ball data was blue. When it's red, it means you're in, like, the highest percentile. His batted ball data, meaning his exit velocity and his hard hit rate, were blue. It was in the bottom percentile of MLB. And that's not the case when Bellinger was an MVP with the Dodgers. So this success this year was different than the success in his MVP year. It wasn't that he was back. It was that he had evolved. And it didn't freak me out because we saw the bat control. Look, and you saw it time and time again. You felt good about him as a hitter because he had the ability with two strikes and against left-handers to become Tony Gwynn, to be a slugger early in a bat and then become a contact hitter. He was Rod Carew when he needed to be. Unbelievable bat control, ability, willingness to go the other way. The league ended up countering that in late August and September with maximum velocity. They stopped trying to fool him with off speed. Stop because he wasn't overeager. So they were like, oh, he's sitting back. Let's see if we can blow it by him. And they either blew it by him or he made weak contact because he was just a little bit late. And that's the counter? That scares me. Because this league is full of velocity. Everybody's got velocity. You'll watch these playoff games, and you'll be like, oh, there's six guys who throw 97 on that team. So I find myself much more scared of Bellinger's long-term um, contract than I was even a month and a half ago. Off-speed slugging for Bellinger, 680. Slugging hmm. just 474 against fastballs. Thank you very much, Sean Sears. There it is. So, so then he'll, he'll have to counter that again. And he could, but I'm a little, a little more worried than I was. So uh, I, I think I, I, I'll be surprised if Cody Bellinger is a Cub next year, but I don't know. It's just I, I would be surprised for some of that reason and for some of the other needs. But they're going to get a star. They need to get a star and find a star. Uh, I'll get to that later in the show. I have some ideas and some thoughts and some theories. They need one still for sure. Let's talk to Ben in Queens on Hit and Run. Ben, been great to talk to you all year long. What you got? Speaks, I wanted to congratulate you and Sean. This has been a great year for Hit and Run. I also wanted to tell the people at Marquee that daily they put out a superior product. It's better than anything happening out here. They do a great job. Okay, Mick emotions positive and negative uh the positive is what i've been saying all along that the next great cubs team is coming together before our very eyes you saw it with swanson and horner you look at uh, amaya uh coming up you look at the young pitching that's coming up and i, I look forward to your thoughts on the off season i'm also positive on that and why is that because the cubs did a heck of a job last year in the off season i thought they did great signing swanson they did great uh, taking the flyer on Bellinger. I think not moving on Contreras was a good uh, uh, move long term. Mm-hmm. So what do we have on the negative? Or not so much the negative, or what could we look for growth? I'm heartened that David Ross uh, is looking for ways to improve. Uh, I've talked about the lineup ad nauseum. I'm not going to go there. But one thing I think that uh, was uh, a, a part of them breaking down and part of the uh, attitude when Dansby Swanson went into David Ross's office and said, don't sit me and tell me clench until we clinch. That's when I would have liked David Ross to say, Dansby, I appreciate everything you do for me. 
I need for you to rest so you can be focused. The defense, they weren't focused. I know David Ross said the other day that he said, well, they're going down the line uh, fast, so I don't think it's a matter of legs. Running down the first baseline takes absolutely zero focus, but playing defense does, and we saw we saw it just come apart. You know, Ian Happ, Ian Happ could have taken a day off. You could have put Canario in there. Yeah, thank you, Ben. It's interesting. I think that respect for veterans and leaning on the veterans and putting them out there every single day is going to be a big, big topic of conversation in the offseason. Thank you for all you callers. We'll get back to more of you at the top of the hour, so feel free to stick around, and uh, I'll tell you when the phone lines are back open as well. But coming up, Jim DeShane. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Plays on Hit and Run. Now back to Matt Spiegel with Hit and Run on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score and on the Marquee Sports Network. Swing and a miss. Strike three. And that will end the inning. Six strikeouts now for Justin Steele. I mean, I put a ton of work, you know, off seasons to get to this point and stuff. Um, and, you know, I gladly, you know, take that. You know, I, I want to be the guy that's, you know, we can rely on that goes out there. It gives us good start after good start. You know, that I want to be consistent. Um, and that's what makes a, you know, a really good starting pitcher. So I just try to do that. That is Justin Steele, who had a tremendous, tremendous season. It wraps up for Justin Steele with 30 games started and 173 innings. 306 is the ERA after living down in the 2.5s or so for a long, long time. But that is a tremendous accomplishment to have arrived. As a full-on, full-season pitcher, somebody you can absolutely seem to count on for the full season. It's pretty amazing. There's nothing in baseball that is more valuable, I don't believe, than an ace. And to have one that's homegrown, goodness. Justin Steele is under contract until 2028. He is arbitration eligible for the first time this upcoming season. Then there'll be three more years of arbitration. If he continues to pitch like this, I'm sure there'll be conversations in there about signing an extension, getting some guaranteed money, maybe buying out some of those years of arbitration and that first year or two of free agency. That's how it often works, but it doesn't have to be done that way. That's for sure. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. 
and on the Marquee Sports Network. And we're joined now by the analyst, the man himself, Jim Deshays, J.D. and Boog. They're done. They're gone from my life, gone from my television. I, I couldn't even wait a single day, Jim. Couldn't wait a single day without trying to talk to you and uh, keep the flame burning. How are you, sir? Hi, Spigs. I'm well. Good. Doing all right? Yeah, doing okay, man. Thank you. Um, uh, by the way, Jim appears on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. I get depressed at the end of baseball. I'm weird like that. It's a companion for six months, and now it's uh, and now it's gone um, in terms of the the everyday. But I imagine you are more emotionally uh, hardened by this uh, stuff than I am. Jim. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm I'm with you. Um, it's always there's always a sense of melancholy at the end of the season. Um, it, you know, it's just it's 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 you know it's an everyday business, right? So you're, you know, that's that you you set your schedule around it, you live it every single day, and then it's cold turkey. So boom, it's done. Um, so there's always a, a, an element of sadness, especially when it ends sooner than uh, you had hoped, and it ends in a kind of a uh, the way that the, the club the club kind of cratered at the end. Uh, it added a little more yeah. <laughs> a little more of a gray cloud to the just to the general malaise that one would feel at the at the end of a long season. Absolutely. I saluted General Malaise right here uh, on my own um, in the studio. Uh, Jim, what do the Cubs have in Justin Steele? 30 starts, 173 innings. And, uh, I mean, do, do they have an ace? Do they have a homegrown ace? It appears so. Uh, you know, they, they, uh, whether you want to call him an ace or a co-ace or, you know, depending on what, what the team looks like next year, you, you have a guy that you feel very comfortable handing the ball to every fifth day that he's going to give you uh, quality plus work. Um, you know, uh, this year he was one of the best pitchers in the National League, um, and that's going back to you know midway point of last year too. I mean, it's been a really impressive run for Justin. So, uh, I, I, if if they were to go out and acquire uh, either through free agency or trade another top of the rotation guy, to me that would be ideal to have you know Steele and you know pitcher X, whoever that would be, uh, as you know. Coaces, uh, or you know, however, one two, however you want to frame it, uh, but but he's established himself as a very good major league starting pitcher. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's interesting because there are some big time free agent starting pitchers out there, but I, I'm trying to do the math on the five spots in the rotation, and obviously you'd like to have seven or eight in your depth chart, but a lot of times that means kids. But I, it, if Marcus Stroman opts in, and the club opts to keep Kyle Hendricks. And then there's Jamison Tyone, and then there's Justin Steele. There's one spot for Wicks or Assad or Ben Brown or some of these other guys. Like, I don't know if I go out and spend money on a big-time free agent pitcher. But, uh, I, I mean, do you suspect it's going to work out the way that I just described in terms of those first four? I, well, that, that would probably if, 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 if Marcus pops in, yes, uh, those, those four would be you know, clearly in the picture. And then whoever, again, if they were to acquire a pitcher via trade or free agency to join that group. Um, and that would be unfortunate for some of the kids in the organization that are looking to break through. But if the goal is to take the next step and be a championship caliber team, mm-hmm. um, you got to step on some toes, you know, um, and, and you and you've got to ask guys to stay in AAA and provide depth. You know, people will get hurt. There'll be opportunities to come up. People will scuffle. Um, and, and the other pieces, you you always have options if you have enough depth where you can trade from that depth. So, if, you know, if you want to go out and find a you know corner infielder or whatever it may be, 
and you feel like you've you know built up some pitching depth in your organization, um, then you have an opportunity to to move some of that depth to add somewhere else. So I think a lot of different things are in play. Um, you know, I, I'd be I'd love to be a fly on the wall and in, in the meetings that the Cubs are going to have in, in the coming days as they plot their way through the off season. Um, but if I were them, I would certainly be open to acquiring a, a big time starting pitcher. If there were only one spot for either Jordan Wicks or Javier Assad, who would get the nod from you at this point? Well, I would, I would, I would guess uh, Wicks, and then I would keep Assad in the role that we've seen him in as kind of the swing man. Um, you know, Drew Smiley's in the mix too. There's another guy that you know um, he could he could do that job for you. Either swing, you know, fifth starter, work out of the bullpen, mm-hmm. could be exclusively out of the bullpen. Um, but you know, I, I think that's nothing you have to decide on, right? That's that's a conversation right. you're going to have to the winter and into spring training, and there's going to be a battle. And Hayden Wesnessy is going to be in that mix too. There's going to be a lot of guys scrambling and fighting, and, and that's that's what you like. You like to have a lot of talented guys that are trying to claim the spot, and you, you feel bad about the meeting when you tell a kid he's going to AAA. But um, if you're sending a really good pitcher down to AAA, that means you've got a really good rotation. Jim Deshays is with us here on Hit and Run. Yeah, you know, I, I, Jim, I, I think the, the, the bullpen ending up where it ended up, it just felt like it kind of broke everything, whether it just broke the psyches of players every once in a while or broke some of the strategic thought process for, for David Ross and others. Bad, I mean, bad bullpens or bullpens in disarray, I should say, have a, have a way of doing that, don't they? Yeah, well, it was it was clipping along nicely there for for, for so long. When, when Alzali was healthy, Leiter and Merriweather were setting up. Uh, other guys were contributing, and he thought, okay, this 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 is working. This is really good. And then you know, Fulmer gets hurt, Alzali gets hurt, Leiter was clearly banged up. You know, he had a stretch of about eight days where he didn't pitch. When he came back, the ball wasn't really coming out of his hand uh, all that cleanly. He wasn't throwing a split that much, which you know raises some eyebrows and maybe something's barking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was unfortunate that that all came crashing at, at the same time, all those events, uh, one on top of the other, and Rossi had to improvise. He had to try to figure try to figure out his best way to get 27 outs, and when you're in a pennant race, that, that's not an ideal situation. Yeah, yeah, Keegan Thompson, right? He's a guy in spring training. We thought for sure Keegan would be a big contributor on this club. Uh, Brandon Hughes gets hurt. I mean, it's um, yeah, we talk about having pitching depth, but my goodness, that, there was a there was a, a, a lot of things that, that that created some issues that nobody could see coming. Cody Hoyer, another guy that they thought would be a contributor at the big league level this year, you know, it's so, so there, there, there's a lot of misfortune involved, and, and I think some guys ran out of gas. What um, what was the most fun for you on this team this year? Because like. We've spent a lot of time, and we will, talking about what happened in September. But I'm left with, I mean, my God, we begged for the opportunity to have meaningful baseball in September. Like, we requested this sadism. You know what I mean? And, and that we... Yeah, you, 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 you pine to have your heart broken, um, <laughs> which, which is it's one of the beautiful things about baseball. Yeah, um, yeah it was... Uh, and I'm with you. That's, that was it for me. That, uh, you know, after a couple of years where they weren't playing meaningful games in September and after a start to the season, you know, when they got 10 games below 500, when we thought, okay, now the conversation is going to shift to who are we going to trade and what prospects are we going to get? And are they going to be big leaguers in two or three years? And what's our team going to look like? To Mike Talkman going over the wall in St. Louis and making a catch, and the next thing you know, they're 
they're not selling. They're going all in. And uh, they had a hell of a run, and just it just kind of ran out of steam at the end. So it was um, – I think what I said the other day, it was, a, it was a team that, to a certain extent, exceeded expectations. And then once they built those expectations up, they fell flat and, and fell short of those expectations. So. Yeah. It, it, it's it's true. Got it. it it's it, it's so true. It was like so so many pluses and and so much fun um, a, along the way. Um, all right, but while I have you, um, Pete Crow Armstrong is a lot of fun and really interesting. Um, my friend Marshall Harris said the other day on the reporters that he's got a lot of dip on his chip, meaning that there's just a lot of a lot of flash to the man. I, I enjoyed that. Um, I was thinking about it because on the chip. Yeah. Right. A lot of dip, (laughs) a lot of dip on the chip. He does. Doesn't he? Um, it, when he plays the outfield, cause he's this way on the base pass too. And I'll get that under control. But even when he plays the outfield, catching it down by the waist, you know, he's got some of that Ricky Henderson flair or Carlos Gomez kind of, kind of flair out there. I don't, I don't think it's too cute. But it's it's near there, isn't it? Like it's fun, it's entertaining to watch him play. But I wonder if he's got a eh, got a harness it just a tad. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. It's um, I, it, I, and I don't know how it played in, in in the Cubs clubhouse. And I, you know, the game has changed. But I think back to when I played. Um, I think there would have been a lot of guys in the dugout looking at each other with sideways glances. You watching what this kid is doing out here? Like uh-huh. so, that it, it would be partly funny. And then it would also be like, man, I hope he doesn't drop one of those when I'm on the mound because that's not going to be good. Um, but you don't want to, you know, Joe Madden was always great about you. You got to let people be individuals. Um, you got to let them go out there and do their thing. Uh, he, yeah, he plays the game of flair. He's, he's bold, um, a couple times reckless, but he's so young and he's just, he's just, he's just learning. So, you know, he's going to be a really good major league outfielder. He's going to be a, a good, a good solid major league contributor, uh, offensively, um, but it, it'd probably take a little while to kind of polish that up a little bit and, mm-hmm. you know, make sure he knows exactly <clears throat> when he should be trying to take the extra base, you know, and all those other things that, that come along with learning how to be a big leaguer. You um, gut feeling opening day center fielder? Oh, boy, I don't know. Um, a lot of factors in there, I know. Yeah, tell me, is Cody Bellinger coming back? Yeah, um, yeah I mean, that's – that's that, that's it's kind of like what we talked about with the pitching you you um you you try to put the best roster possible you can on mm-hmm. the field and if a guy like p as talented as, as he is and the, uh, coming off the big year that he had if it's sorry pete but you're going back to triple a so be it um and, and if they don't have uh, the winter they don't bring in bellinger or you know uh, that he's going to get a shot you know yeah. I, I think that's plain, plain and simple that's it i think if belly's back He's probably not the opening day center fielder. Um, and if he's not, then he, he's got a really good chance to be that guy. Yep. Jim, uh, you're the best, man. Enjoyed you all year long and always appreciate the time on the radio. Um, and, and now what? What, 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 are you, what are you doing? Are you going to watch the playoffs or are you just going to turn them off and, uh, and get away from baseball? No, while? I'll be. I'll, I'll watch. Um, we're uh, going to head east probably uh, in a couple of days. And, uh, you know, we'll listen on the radio a little bit while we're driving. We'll tune in when we, you know, stop in the hotel. And I'll, I'll check in out. There's so many of them, right, with all these wild card games. Uh, I got to check. I got to listen to Boog do his thing, you know, make sure he doesn't mess up. So I'll be monitoring his performance and Good. sending the occasional text. And, uh, yeah, I, it's funny. I tend to focus more on the early rounds of the postseason 
than sometimes even the World Series because there's, there's so much. It's it's an all day thing. You can get, you can kind of get absorbed in it. I, I'm and by the I'm time with the you. World Series comes around, you're a little bit burnt out. Yeah, I'm know? with you. It's sort of like the NCAA tournament in that way. Sometimes like it, it loses yeah. a little bit of steam um, as it goes uh, sometimes, but we'll see. We'll see, Jim. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. All right, Spigs, you got it. Good right. to be with you. You too. You too. Um, good to have you be with me. I should say. All right, here we go. Phone lines are back open. Got another hour of rock'em, sock'em baseball conversation. Cub fans, Sox fans invited as well. 312-644-6767. This is Hit and Run. Let's talk about next year for these teams involved. Our Bruce Levon will join us at about 730 as well. Keep it here on The Score and on Marquee. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.